gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Script Show, where we talk about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on it. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. Today, my lovely co-host is the true, the one, the only, Dr. Sam! Wow, it's great to be here. Uh, happy Halloween times to everyone out there, enjoying our spooky-tacular month of spooky times. Yes, much spooky is to come in this month. Sorry, folks, but we're going to get a little scary, especially with today's little episode. Oh, yes, this is a scary one because uh, this one hits close to home for uh, for young and older people. We're, uh, we're looking into a little goosebumps today. Ooh, and just give me shivers not, and goosebumps thinking about it. Not the, not, the, not the TV series and not the book series. But the uh, 2015 film starring Jack Black playing R.L. Stein, And, man, it is a lot better than I ever thought it was going to be. Honestly, I, uh, first time I saw this movie was one year ago, uh, almost to the dot, with uh, my friends when we went to go to Comic-Con, because that's what you do at Comic-Con, <laughs> is you uh, watch Goosebumps. But we did it because R.L. Stein was having a panel the next day. And my friend was like, hey, we should watch this movie because it's actually better than you'd think. And I'm like, okay, I guess we'll have fun making fun of it. There's a little bit of that, but it's a pretty decent kids movie. Yeah, no, I think this is probably in my uh, top five favorite films we've watched together, to be completely honest. I mean, to be fair, our list does not include uh, too many gems. That's very true. That is true. But, well, you know, it's still, we've seen a handful of movies now. Yeah, there's not, it's, 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 it's a very solid kids film. That being said, there's still is stuff that uh, could be done to improve it, and especially with the second one coming out so soon, uh, it, would, it would be pretty good to, uh, to see if we could doctor this up, see if we can improve it a little bit before you check out the next one. Yep, definitely. Should we just jump into this little summary of this good old boy film? Let's jump into that summary. All right, so we just open with a very like nice little panel of the whole country road that this family is going yeah, on. there's a truck and a U-Haul just driving down the road for like a solid two minutes. Yeah, they have a trailer going on. And honestly, it made me think, hey, why are movie trailers called trailers? Uh, actually, that used to happen because the trailers came out after the movie. Mm. Before, before people realized, hey, maybe we should show what's playing next before the movie, you know, so the people didn't leave afterwards. Because they would do that. Actually, I think they did that because typically in olden times, the credits, all of the credits would happen before the movie, and then it would just say the end, and then they'd play the trailers because they would trail the movie. Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. Fun facts here. Fun, Fun facts, facts here. here. All right, so yeah, anyway, stupid <laughs> detour. Um, yeah, we go into the car, and we see that it, we have this uh, one boy. The kid from 13 Reasons Why. Yes. Uh, Dylan... We got Dylan Minnette in the seat, uh, riding riding a shotgun with his mom, Holly, Holly from, from the, the office. office, and uh, also you, known as Amy Ryan. No, Holly from the Office, Academy Award nominee Amy Ryan. Holly from the Office. All right, <laughs> uh, they're riding together and they're having a good time. And the very first line out of his mouth is like, "Don't you think there's another town you could be vice principal in?" So right off the bat, get some quality dialogue, real good exposition in there. Yep, they're there for. His mom, who's starting a new vice principal job at the high school, and they go right into this new, nice, big little house. This big house. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Um, this big house, and they notice like this house next to them. It's a little interesting, a little creepy. Uh, they start moving stuff in and out, and um, are we just going to call him Dylan? or what? 
Wait, what, what uh, is Zach is the character. Okay. Well, Zach goes to get some uh, some boxes from the moving truck. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, uh, his mom's sister, his aunt, shows up. It's like, oh, cool. Let's bedazzle together sometime, crazy aunt. And she, he goes out to get some boxes. And as he's carrying the boxes over uh, the house next door, this girl leans out the window and says, "Oh, and his box, you know, falls apart." And she's like, "Oh, carry a box much?" Not specifically that, but you know, she makes fun of him. He sees a cute girl and is trying to, you know, chatter up. Yeah. Uh, and then they they have a cute moment there. And then from inside, you hear this guy going like, "Hey, what are you doing out there?" And she backs away. And then out pops Jack Black. Jack freaking Black. And, and man, does he ham it up for this? Like we can just go to the farmers market and just get some get Jack some Black because there's a lot of ham in that. Well, listen, you don't understand what I'm trying to do here with my character of R.L. Stein. <laughs> That's the voice he does. It's like a, a whisper yell the whole time. <laughs> and like, but everything is super intense, but also relaxed at the same time. Yes. And basically he just yells at Zach being like, don't you ever talk to my daughter? Don't you ever talk to my daughter again or else there will be consequences. Something like that. And he carries his stuff inside. And his mom pulls out a picture of him and his dad. Right. And just so, you know, the, all the film theories going on, it's not Michael Scott. I, I no. first thought it was too, but, I, you know. It's, it's unfortunately, these universes don't cross over, mm-hmm. uh, as far as we know. He pulls out the d- picture of the dad, and she, his mom's like, I remember this day. And then we get a long look at Zach, <laughs> and it's like, I wonder what happened to dad. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, he Rip. leaves the room sad. The two of them, the mom and aunt, talk and are like, oh, how are you guys holding up? We can skip over that because that's mm-hmm. not important. He watches video footage of his dad. We also can skip over that because this does not play yeah. into the movie at all. Nope. Nope. Like, very briefly at the end. Put stuff away and... And then we go to school. And it's, you know, Zach's first day, the mom's first day at work. And they uh, hold a pep rally for everyone. And Zach's just saying by himself, and we get introduced to his lovely friend, Champ. That's short right. for Champion. Champion. His official real name is Champion. Yes. And he, you know, climbs down all cool and not cool at the same time, says hi to a girl who doesn't actually know his name, but she's being nice, so she pretends. Yeah, I know her name. I felt bad for her, actually, to be completely honest. What, that she, her character gets shafted in this movie? No, her name's Taylor. Oh, no. Think about it. She must be getting made fun of so many times for having a boy's name. Oh, Taylor, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you right now. What? Let's move on to the next moment where <laughs> Champ and Zach basically just become best friends in an instant. Yeah, basically. Champ also hands him his business card, which I think is funny because on it, in, instead of like an address, it just says Locker 214. <laughs> like, that's where you find him. It's pretty funny. Yeah, he's uh, a good guy. He's a good and guy. And they have the pep rally, which the principal gets up and talks and says, like, let's have a great year. And then he introduces the new vice principal, which is Zach's mom. Mm-hmm. And she tries to, you know, fit in with the kids, but she's not cool. Uh, and then the pep rally is over. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, all right, go back to class or whatever. And have you ever seen, I forget what show it was. I think it was either Gossip Girl or 90210. And they do a, th- they do a scene where, like, you hear the bell ring. And class starts, and then these characters talk in the back of class for all of 30 seconds. And then you hear the bell ring again. It's like, all right, class is over. And it's just one of those things where, you know, you just wanted the scene to end, and you wanted it to be logical. Uh But you forgot that you had just started class. 
that's how I felt about this, where it's like, okay, we had this pep rally to introduce the vice principal, and now it's over? Yeah. All right. No big game or anything? No. Oh, the, they, they do set up the dance a bit, but they don't say it. It's Champ that brings it up, saying, like, hey, do you want to go to the dance together? Like, you know, not together, but, like, you know, a wingman or something like that. They did bring it up, but I'm pretty sure his mom talked about it earlier, too, so they didn't really... The only reason for the pep rally is to get him to meet Champ. Yeah. Which he could have met Champ through other means. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah, we'll but maybe yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he moves on from there, school's over, and he goes back home and he's taking out the trash, and then he gets scared by uh, the girl from earlier, and mm-hmm. she peeks through the little, there's like a hole in the fence where she peeks through and she's like, hi, I'm Hannah, oh. and let that sink in, that the kid from 13 Reasons Why starts having a little bit of a thing with a girl named Hannah. Uh, you know, uh, no, I'm not going to say that joke. Okay, cool. It's too dark. We, what? It's more dark than yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, there's some jokes that we've told on this podcast that will never see the light of day. Oh, no. I'll give you 13 reasons why we won't tell those jokes. <sighs> so anyways, <laughs> Zach meets Hannah, and they uh, hit it off, and she's, you know, just saying hi, and they... Hannah takes him off on kind of this little adventure. She's like, you want to go see where, you know, where I go to hide? Because he's like, I didn't see you at school. She's like, oh, I get homeschooled, but, you know, I like to go on adventures sometimes. So she takes him uh, out through another hole in the fence, and they wander the woods, and then they stumble upon an abandoned amusement park. Yes. And uh, she just basically shows him, like, this Ferris wheel, and it's like, wow, isn't this so crazy? And I'm like, whoa, this is the only time we're going to be here, right? We're never going to come back here in the climax or anything, right? Nope, they show this giant location that probably costs a lot of money just for this one moment. Yeah. Also, she flips one switch (laughs) at all of the lights in the entire... Look, I get... I get you don't have to... You don't want to spend the time to flip all these switches, but just one, and just everything comes to life. And all the lights turn on except, like, two lights, you know? Like, yeah, little light bulbs. And it's like, yeah, because it's a little run down, you know? But who's paying this electricity bill? It's the taxpayers, man. It's the taxpayers. <laughs> While we were watching the movie, I did a Bernie impression. <laughs> it was like, the taxpayers. <laughs> Money's going to this big business. Anyways, uh, I've said two political jokes in a very small amount of time. Oh, uh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> flashback to Attack of the Clones for when I said my first one. Yes. Uh... Leave in the comments if you know which what we're talking about. So then we end up going back to the house and... Well, they had like they, a cute time together. They bonded and she... Hannah talked about how she never met her mom and uh, Zach talks about how her his dad died. And they, you know, bond over tragedy and all that fun jazz. And they mm-hmm. head back to the house and from there, Jack Black calls from the distance. Yes, and he... He's a little peeved that his daughter went out with uh, Zach, and he's like, you can't come out here, like, blah, 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 like, if you come again, great danger. And Zach's like, okay, okay, ho-ho. And he's still like, yo, Hannah, I'm free, I'll take out the trash Tuesday and Thursday uh, nights. I mean, he's, <laughs> it's cute, it's cute kid stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then Zach goes back inside, but from his window, uh, no, sorry, Zach stays at home while his mom goes to chaperone the school dance that's happening that night. She uh, hasn't left yet, though. She's left. It. She's leaving right now. Okay, yeah. So she's leaving right now, and his aunt is watching him. Uh, and she's like, we can hang out and craft together. And uh, and then we... Oh, wait, no, no, no. I skipped ahead. Zach uh, looks out the window and sees that Jack Black and uh, and Hannah 
are uh, yelling and arguing, and he, th- the like the lights go out and he hears like a loud thump sound, and he thinks that there's a problem going on next door, so he calls the police, mm-hmm. and he, his mom, and the police all show up to Jack Black's house. And man, if you like domestic abuse jokes and pedophile jokes, man, this is the scene for you. Okay, to be fair, there's like... <laughs> Only one pedophile joke, okay. <laughs> and like five other domestic so abuse So what stuff. happens is that uh, the police show up to the house and the one cop... Uh, <laughs> there's a, a cop that's like a comedian. He's like in a bunch of things. His name's Ron Hubel and, or Hubble or something. And he's like, hi, we're here to uh, check out this 1016. Uh, and my partner here is going to tell me that a 1016 is, and this cop that's in training is like, ooh, let me think about it. It's a domestic disturbance. And he's like, good job. You did great. It's, okay. Uh, and, <laughs> There's and, like two or three other jokes that I was like, I mean, ooh. yeah. They, but then uh, they're like trying to figure out what's going on. And Jack Black invites them inside and turns on his TV and is like, this is just surround sound. What you're hearing is just someone who's an audiophile. And then the other cop starts to take out her gun and says, you're a what <laughs> And then um, Logan, or not Logan, sorry, that's from 13 Reasons. Um, Zach then sees like, oh, Jack Black is staring at this one thing. And he's like, oh, no, I'm going to go. This is where Hannah is. And then the other cop's like, whoa, what are you doing? I can tase you. And the other cop's like, no, no, no please don't tase a kid. And uh, then from there, the cops take him outside. He's like, you can't do this. And then his mom's like, you can't do this. And he's like, fine, I won't do this. And they're like, do you know how much jail time that would be? And the you know, training cop's like, three years. And he's like, actually, it's like a written warning. Written. <laughs> I'll give him that. I'm jokes. giving him that joke. Yeah. Then this is when Zach's mom leaves to go chaperone the dance. Right. Zach's left home alone with his aunt. She tries to bond with him by doing some bedazzling and talking about this guy who she's been trying to talk to. Uh, but then Zach sees out the window that Hannah's actually still in the house and he decides to go upstairs and try and, you know, formulate a plan for how to, how to rescue her from her capture. How because, to break into her house. Because he's worried that because she's homeschooled, she never gets to leave the house and that he thought he heard a domestic disturbance that she's in trouble. And so he ends up going through the basement door of her, uh, Jack Black's home and he's well, like, he's a, uh, he's oh. called Champ at this point. Yeah, no, yeah, okay. Because yeah, because uh, Champ, you know, gave him his card, and he's like, told Champ that he, they're gonna go to the dance together, and uh, but then Champ comes over, and Zach's like, no, 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 come on, we're gonna go sneak over to this house, and so for the rest of the movie, Champ's in a suit. <laughs> uh, and what a two, Champ! He takes a such champ. a Champ. And they uh, they go to the the cellar door, and <laughs> he picks the lock, and Champ is like. Well, where'd you learn that? Uh, are you like a Boy Scout or something? And he's like, no, I learned that on YouTube. Good thing for the kids. Ha yes. We're relevant. We're hip. Yeah. We get it. But then uh, after Champ is told to stay upstairs, he doesn't stay upstairs, the two of them go downstairs and they see a bunch of bear traps on the floor. Yes. And they sneak their way through and they get into uh, R.L. Stein's personal study. Sorry, we don't know who's R.L. Stein yet. Right. We get into Jack Black's personal study. They see all these books that are laid out that say, uh, are, that are labeled R.L. Stein and, like, have a bunch of the actual Goosebumps, like, titles. Mm-hmm. So, like, Night of the Living Dummy and The Abominable Snowman or... From yeah, Pasadena, from Pasadena. And then there's, like, you know, other, like, Say Cheese and Die, which is a great story that I'll tell later. All right. Uh, and just more things that are, that are very related to, to actual Goosebumps books. 
and as uh, what's his name, uh, Champ. Champ, Champ wants to read one, so Zach gets over, gets a key, and gets the key from underneath like a glass thing. He's like, "Fine, well, you can open up this one." It's like the Abominable Snowman from Pasadena, and at that moment, Hannah thinks that there's an intruder, so she swings a baseball bat at them, but they duck and drop the book. Yes. And uh, after they have a little bit of confusion, Champ like accidentally, or no, Zach accidentally like grabs the book and opens it. And from the pages of the book. George from Rampage pops up. That's right. (laughs) Dwayne Johnson's best friend from Rampage, who's an ape, or also an abominable snowman, comes to life as from the letters of the page. He just starts wrecking shit, man. Really he really destroys stuff in the house, and at some point he escapes, and the kids all like run out of the house. Hannah has the book in hand and she's like, we need to get it back in the book. And the kids are like, what? The other guy's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> exactly. And so they end up chasing the, well, I'm just going to call him George. Yeah. They end up chasing George, the Yeti, to a ice rink. And you know, they have a really fun little thing there. We find out that George is really into chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As most and, Yetis are. That's yeah. like common knowledge. But then though. once the kids are trapped in, in a corner, they're about to get killed by the Yeti, and suddenly he starts getting sucked back into the book, and we see behind them uh, on the ice in the ice rink is Jack Black. He's opened the book, and the Yeti is stuck and trapped back in the pages of the book, and he locks it back up. And that's when we find out that Jack Black is R.L. Stein. Ooh-wee, R.L. Stein. So anyways, <laughs> in the car, uh, Zach, he's not admitting that he's R.L. Stein, and then Zach is finally trying to get it out of him, and just being like, you know what, your books suck anyways, and you know, I really never liked any of them. In fact, I think you're just a knockoff of Stephen King, and then, and then it's Stein like, triggered, slams on the brakes, <laughs> and he's just like, I have sold more copies of books than Stephen King, and that's a true fact, and that is indeed a true fact. Wow. He has sold 400 million copies, while Stephen King's only sold 350 million copies. Only 350 million, man. Yeah. Come on. Gotta pump those numbers up. Pump those numbers, Kingy. And yeah, so then after they have a little fun, they go back to R.L. Stein's house, but they find out that the Night of the Living Dummy book has also been opened. And Slappy the Dummy has gotten out. Hey, don't call him Dummy. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's I don't okay. need to use these offensive terms. You, uh, uh, you need to say, uh, wooden amicable puppetry friend. Okay, good to know. I'll put sure. that in my notes. So anyways, Slappy comes to life and is uh, very creepy and is, uh, is telling R.L. Stein, who he calls Papa, which is very weird. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It makes it even more, even creepier that he's going to uh, terrorize the town, starting with him, and uh, he disappears and from the disappearance, we notice that Slappy has collected all oh, of the books. All of the books. Like, all of the books. Like, literally all of them. And they're in the back seat of the haunted car. Mm-hmm. And as Slappy releases monsters out into the world, uh, he throws the book out the window, and the monster comes out of it, and then he burns the book so that they can't be put back into the pages of the book. And so he basically just, like, takes over as the... Uh Role of the Joker, where he just wants to see the world burn, and he's just throwing books out left and right, yep. and this huge, like, plant thing takes over the cell towers and just destroys it all. Yeah, there's no communication. He's blocked off all the entrances and exits to the town. Uh, from there, all of the four of them, three kids and R.L. Stein, are on a mission to try and find the uh, find the monsters and figure out a way to bring put them back in their books, which... I think it's some, after there's, there's a cool chase where the, a giant praying mantis 
uh, attacks them, and they escape to a grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's around this time where they realize where they uh, Zach has the idea that R.L. Stein should write a new book, a book that will be that includes all of the monsters and can trap them inside of the pages of the book. It's very loose and weird that he kind of understands the rules of this world. Yeah. Well, also, R.L. Stein is basically God. Yes. Like we figured out, he can create life. Yeah. Well, we'll get that there in a second. But he literally just like I, I don't even know. Like his words. It, you know how in uh, the Never Ending Story, sort of, right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. The Never Ending Story. The kid sort of is God at one point too. Also starring Jack Black. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that happens it in comes Never Ending Story circle. three because in the in the first two he like goes into the world, mm-hmm. but in Never Ending Story three Jack Black play, plays the bully who tells the story as it happens, and it makes that the world change. I think there's a way we can make the connection from Never Ending Story to Goosebumps from The Office. I Let's didn't get even it. realize that we we need to. People need to know the connection between Never Ending Story 3 and Goosebumps. Yes, and The Office. And The Office. Michael, Michael Scott's going to get in here, man. But also, Jack Black is starring in another Halloween movie this time of year. I don't know if it's come out yet or not, but it's called The House with the Clock in Its Walls. Uh, and yeah. it, he's using the same kind of R.L. Stein like voice and mannerisms, but not for Goosebumps. Mm. And it's also coming out this, around the same time as a Goosebumps sequel. So I think he's, he's playing his market a little... Uh, Hmm. A little similarly. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, but basically after their car chase accident with the praying mantis, they hide out in a grocery store, but it's not a hideout for long. No. Look around and we find out that there's a huge teenage werewolf, right? Kind of like Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Man, R.L. Stein kind of stole some ideas. Yeah, we also, I mean, like earlier he does fight a bunch of um Oh, yeah. After they escape the house, they fight a bunch of lawn gnomes. Yeah, the lawn gnomes, like, that whole... I mean, this probably is an R.L. R.L. Stein, I think, got a writing credit on this. It's basically just an homage, quote-unquote, to gremlins, I believe. Anyways, back to it. Um, Yeah, so they're getting chased by this teen wolf, and they escape, but then teen wolf comes back, Mm -hmm. and they're cornered. And then what happens, Sam? A... Oh, right, after they get cornered by teen wolf... Uh, Zach's aunt just comes crashing through and knocks, and knocks the, the Teen Wolf into the trash. Now, uh, the aunt we showed we were shown a little bit earlier had been attacked by a floating dog demon, which I don't remember what story that comes from. But uh, it's Zach's aunt, and she comes out of nowhere. And if you're familiar with literary terms, you might call this a Deus Ant Machina. Ooh. Uh, anyways, she knocks out the teen wolf and they're like what's going on she's like what's going on like monsters are alive go tell the police and she's like okay i'll go tell the police and the kids run off to to the school because at some point rl steins realized that the only way he can write the book is from his old typewriter Mm -hmm. that for some reason is at the high school yeah not really established no because he's also not known as rl stein in this town or anything no so his typewriter is just in a glass case at the high school whatever it's it's plot so they run to the high school and his aunt zach's aunt runs to the police station and when she gets there she realizes no one's home and she can't make any calls because slappy's there Ruh-roh. and he's taken over the police and in pop these aliens with these freeze guns and freeze his aunt poppy really messed up in not saying like hey freeze did he say that no he says like hey um, uh, I don't even remember. It was some cop joke. It was like, you have the right to remain silent. silent. Yeah. 
Sure. Uh, Slappy, not your best. Not your best. So then Slappy's on his way over to the school as well. Oh, no. They... The graveyard. Yeah, they, they before they get to the school, they have to sneak through the graveyard. And this is where we find out that Hannah is actually not a human being, but she is a character from R.L. Stein's imagination that he keeps around as his daughter. He had grown so lonely and so tired of creating these monsters that he had to keep imprisoning in books that he uh, created a real pro- creator person. It's it's actually, honestly, a very genuine surprise. Yeah. I was not expecting that to happen. Me neither. I was just like, I literally wrote in my notes before, like, yeah, can we have a friendly book character mm-hmm. in this? And then, boom, we get the graveyard scene. I was like, oh, she, whoa. Uh, you only discover that she's, because she's like a ghost, and you only discover that when the moonlight shines directly on her. Mm-hmm. So that happens in the graveyard as she and Zach are about to share a, a tender moment. But then he freaks out, but she she doesn't know that she's a, a character. Right. Uh, so he's, you know, not telling her. And they uh, wander back off to the high school because they're getting chased by ghouls. Right. Uh, which are basically zombies. So then they run to the school. And when they get to the school, uh, they the dance is going on. And everything's like, in the dance floor. It's like, off with your heads. Very on the nose. Very on the nose. Uh, And so then they climb up onto the DJ stand and they make their proclamation that there are monsters. And just when everyone's laughing them off, this one guy from the top of the bleachers is like, there's the boogeyman and he's picking his nose. And it's like, (laughs) aha. And then the kid, he looks out the window and he's like, oh my God, there's a giant bug eating everyone's cars. Another guy is just like, okay, this is too much now. He's like, no, I mean it. And then the bug comes in. And just wrecks it. It's like, and everyone's like, oh, shit. Which I did appreciate them not doing that whole thing where, like, you assume that he's lying or they don't trust him for, like, 30 minutes. So he just, they make that proclamation, and two minutes later, everybody believes him. I mean, the fact that they don't even realize that the whole town is getting attacked by fictional characters for this long is, like, pretty amazing. Because they knocked out the cell towers, and everyone's locked in the gym, basically. Like, no one's had any contact with the outside world. That's true. So it, it makes sense. I mean, I also do think that there'd be a lot of kids outside of the gym trying to check their cell phone reception. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. it's okay. It works for the story. But it basically, at this point, Slappy's shown up in the haunted car, and he's he and the lawn gnomes are now unleashing every single monster in the book. And they all decide they need to attack the high school to make sure R.L. Stein doesn't finish his book. That mm-hmm. would imprison, imprison everyone again. So basically, R.L. Stein now is writing uh, his book in the school auditorium where they're putting on a production of The Shining, which is pretty funny. Yeah, who puts on a fucking a Shining I'm sure the, play? I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's a stage adaptation of The Shining somewhere. Oh, my God. That's like, let's let's get a stage play of Goodfellas. Let's see how that but Yeah, ends. but as he's writing, Slappy shows up in the auditorium and breaks his breaks Arl Stein's fingers so he can't write anymore. And so he grabs the... Uh, oh, the kids come in and they grab the suit, the like the typewriter suitcase... And they bolt out of there, and basically from there, the the whole school makes a plan together to try and lock them in and stay protected from monsters. Yep, and R.L. Stein realizes after there's so much people, like, so many monsters attacking the place that he they're only there for him and that he needs to go on his own and try and, like, distract the monsters. Oh, wait, but before that, mm-hmm. Champ mm-hmm. Uh, runs into the teen werewolf again and... The werewolf is about to harass the girl from the beginning that he really liked. Taylor. Uh, Taylor. Poor girl. Poor girl. Poor girl. Poor girl. And basically, he's able to uh, chase the werewolf off, and she's just now in love with him. Yep. 
Yep. It's probably just being bullied so much for being a girl Taylor. Dude, I know. It's it, it's so crazy that only men are ever named Taylor except for her, and it feels so bad for I her. feel bad for the parents. Like, Honestly, they, why, they made such a huge mistake. They really did. You gotta name your kid something like Champ, you know? But yeah, basically after Champ is made out with Halston Sage, you know, actress model Halston Sage, who got two scenes in this movie, comes out, and then they, they Jack Black, as R.L. Stein realizes that he needs to get everyone... Uh, to safety, which he and Zach also had a talk earlier about how Hannah's not real, and they both agreed that, like, they need to accept and move on and understand that just because someone's not real doesn't mean they can't still, you know, be part of your life and in your heart, which is a very the closest thing to a moral we have in the story. It's very true. But then, yeah, so Jack Black is like, all right, I need to get out of here and save you guys. So then Zach thinks of a plan, and we see... Jack Black take off on one of these buses, and all the monsters start following him and everything, and they flip the bus over, and George, you know, our Yeti friend, goes in and opens up the doors, and he sees that there's a dummy there. Sorry, what was that? Uh, I, uh, well, it's different, because this is a different type of dummy. Okay, okay. There's basically Sorry, there's a, a puppet person who was just had a, a broomstick hitting the gas pedal, and now when he opens the door, there's this explosive tied to it. And it blows up, and all of these creations just explode, and Slappy sees that it's a decoy bus. Yes, and we're all sort of, I started thinking, like, hey, Zach, where, where did you learn how to make a bomb? And he's probably like, YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> and so then the, uh, we, we zoom out, and we realize that they're actually in the, a different school bus driving away. And they make their way over to the amusement park. Ooh. I can't believe that came back. I know, right? It was so... T- I was like, where are they going? And I'm like, oh my god, they're at the amusement park. park again. That's crazy. But then as they go in, they go into the, uh, the House of Mirrors to try and find... You know, because that's the best place to write. Mm-hmm. They continue writing, but uh, Slappy shows up and interrupts their writing process and confronts R.L. Stein about his... About not destroying the book... Or not resealing them in the books. Yes. And he, uh, uh, they have this weird, well, not weird shot, but it's intentional, where in the mirror you can see half of Jack Black's face and half of Slappy's face to be like, they're one and the same. Whoa. Which, you know, is something, but it's also not really a connection we've made so far. They just happen to both be voiced by Jack Black. Yeah. And he comes from his imagination. And But then as the, the four of them are escaping the... House of Mirrors, Slappy's like, I've got one last character for you, and it's one you're gonna love, and he opens it up, and it's a blob thing. Mm-hmm. Which is cool for a surprise, but is that something that Goosebumps fans have been clamoring for? Like, was that, like, the big surprise? I... This blob thing? I guess. Yeah, I, I'd have sure. to look that up to figure out if that's actually one of the most more popular ones. Actually, no. <laughs> but, uh, basically Jack Black hands the typewriter to Zack, and he's like, you need to finish this book. It's okay. All you have to do is just, you know, think like me or, or end the story. It's happening right now. And Jack Black uh, distracts the blob thing, distracts Slappy as Zack finishes the book, types it out, and they put all the pages that he just wrote in the confines of one of the books. Mm-hmm. As they're about to, like, open it and return all the monsters, the praying mantis attacks the Ferris wheel that they're on. Yes, and then the Ferris wheel just, like, circles down into another part of town. And since they were in such a rush... Zack didn't realize, because he said all the monsters end up back in the book, that he would actually cause Hannah to go back into the book, too. Because it, she is one of the uh, one of Arlstein's creations, and that's what he said. Yep. Which, 
There's a little bit of a plot hole later. We'll get back to that. Okay. So then he, you can see he's struggling if he actually wants to open it, and Hannah's also very confused, like, just open it. Like, stop being such a tease. And he... <laughs> well, he he, uh, he doesn't open it because in then, then we see in the moonlight that uh, Hannah actually realizes, does know who she is and does know that she's a creation, and she's just kind of been pretending like she isn't for the sake of everyone else. Uh, and she opens the book and tosses it. And then all the creatures come back into the war, uh, pages, and we see Slappy and Jack Black exchange some snark back and forth. But Slappy pretty easily gets thrown back into the book. Yeah. Not a, not a lot of payoff for our big villain. Yeah, yeah, it sort of sucks, because he, uh, he was fun, you know? No, he so. was good, but basically everybody gets sucked back into the book as Zack is holding tight to Hannah, telling her that he's not going to let her go. And she's like, it's okay, I'm not real, I'm just in your imagination, and that's where I'll always be. And then she floats off back into the book. And then it just shuts. Well, Champ seals it. Oh, yeah, Champ. So Champ is the real Champ here. He is the Champ, man. Accurate name. Well, everybody... They Should rename came. that girl Taylor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they, uh, they, they at least... I like that they found a way to make everybody important, because Zach wrote the book, Hannah opened the book, and Champ closed it. Mm. So, mm, okay. everybody got to do something. True. And so... That happens, and the three of R.L. Stein and the two kids just stand there, looking at the book, having a moment. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to sometime later. They don't really tell us, like, the exact timing. It's an amount of time that uh, the school can be rebuilt, yeah. that uh, R.L. Stein and Zach's aunt can start a relationship, and that R.L. Stein can get a job as an English teacher, which... He sold 400 million copies of his book. <laughs> Why is he doing this? I don't know. Poor guy. Poor guy. But yeah, so he's he walks into class and he's like, there are three parts to every good story. The beginning, the middle, and the twist. It's like, okay. And then after class, he walks down the hall and says, uh, and then this teacher walks by and says, hello, Mr. Stein. And he says, hello, Mr. Black. Mr. Black was the real R.L. Stein. Oh, snap. Get it? Because that's Jack Black's last name, so they traded last names oh in the Oh, my movie. God. My mind is blown. Holy crap. So they walk down the hall, and then they have a little discussion about Hannah, how they miss her, and then R.L. Stein's like, listen, she'll always be here, points to his mind. She'll always be here, points to Zach's heart. It's like, she'll also always be here, points to Zach's mind. It says, and she'll always be here, and points to his own heart. Then he says, she's also over there. And they were like, what? And they looked down the hall, and sure enough... There's Hannah. And Zach's like, I don't understand. And then R.L. Stein's like, I wrote one more book. <laughs> and then he burns the book and tosses it in the trash, so which good. should be a nice moment, but we can get to that in a little bit. Yes. And... Oh, and then oh. Um, R.L. Stein's walking out, and then he notices his typewriter in the trophy case is typing. And he looks at it, and it's like, the revenge of the invisible boy. And he's like, you forgot about me. And then Jack Black's like, ah, what and a twist. Cut to credits. Cut to credits. That's and then and then Arl died. Yep, that's how it happened. Yep, he died. Nah, he's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. I saw him in person. He's fun. Yeah, he's a drama teacher from what I hear now. Yeah. But uh, that's Goosebumps. What's, yeah. uh, what, are, what, are, what are some of your thoughts now? It's very cute. I liked it a lot. I, like I said, probably top five for me so far. Mm-hmm. We can do that list another day. But in, it knows what it is. It's funny. I didn't. I don't really have a lot of complaints with it. No, honestly, I don't either. It's like there's a lot of contrived stuff and like 
silly things that happen, but like there's no huge problems with it. It just exists. It's pretty harmless. You have fun for an hour and a half. Yeah. I it's something I would put on for my kids and even like some teenagers. It's a movie I've seen twice now, which is a lot more than most movies that I see. Yeah, I definitely went in with like a lot lower expectations and like they were it was funny. I definitely would show this to my kids. Yeah, I I, I, I can't really complain much. The, a few things. Uh-huh. There's that plot hole that he writes one by one. Every creature goes back into the book, but the invisible boy, for some reason, is there at the end. Okay, yeah. Like, I, the thing is, they talked about there being a proximity that the book has to be for them to open it, but mm. then they erase that entire rule at the very end where they open the book and just every creature from everywhere just gets sucked in, like, far. Like, Sloppy's pretty far away from where they are, but when they open the book, he gets sucked in. So you'd assume that rule would still apply for the Invisible Boy. That's true. The, the main complaint is that the rules of this world don't really make sense. Yeah. No, they're pretty fast and loose with everything. Because if we are looking at like the bottom line, like, yes, Arl Stein is a god in a certain way. And, yes. You know, he learned all his stuff from Never Ending Story 3, and now he's mastered it. That's right. That's the connection there. <laughs> but also another problem, Arl Stein can create life, and he... He created a daughter, which is one thing that he did, you know, in his loneliness, which ended up good for him. You know, he had a, someone, but it was also wrong. Right. And then he creates, and I don't want to say he recreates her, because it's not the same girl. He yeah. said he wrote a new book, which means if he oh, if he wrote a new book, this is a new Hannah who may, just because she has the same memories, she's not the same person yeah. that the other Hannah was, which means... In Goosebumps 2, other Hannah may break out of that book. <laughs> Goosebumps 2, Electric Boogaloo. Exactly. There's, it's just plot holes. Yeah. Uh, playing God. There's some, uh, there's some crazy stuff with that. Yeah, I, I give it sort of a pass on that end, but uh, I, I, it is a legitimate criticism of it all. Uh, and it does take movies a little over an hour and a half, but it takes half an hour for any monsters to show up. I think you're setting up the world in that point. Like, you know, you're setting up like, oh, okay, the dad's not there, even though that doesn't go anywhere. Okay, I'll say you're setting up Champ being there. You're yeah. setting up the mom being a vice principal and the dance and yeah. then Hannah and you see there's something off about Jack Black. So, yeah, it takes 28 minutes for our good boy George to get there. But I, I don't think it's a ridiculous amount of time. It's not like... Let me think. No. Back when we uh, watched Attack the Clones, it's not like it took over half a movie to get to Count Dooku or anything. Yeah. And that's an over two-hour movie, so it's over halfway through. It's over an hour into it that you get your villain, which is fair. But I also, you also are an hour in when you, not, not an hour, but over halfway through when you get your villain in this movie. Slappy doesn't show up until about 45 minutes in. Yeah, that's true. I mean... The movie just, like, has... There are too many sequences that last a little too long mm-hmm. that I think would be my major change once we get into surgery because there's, there's a, very, a, a large portion of time where it's just sequence after sequence in the midsection that just kind of fills time, which is great because you're in the world and you're getting to see them you know, fight off these monsters and you get to see them right before the big battle with uh, like the army of monsters. Mm-hmm. But it would have been nice to see different things, but uh, I'll wait till we get into surgery for that. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say besides, you know, generic stuff. Like, I thought this this reminded me of Jumanji a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it might just because it was Jack Black, but 
you know, books coming into life. Yeah. Well, then, let's, uh, let's cut into this dummy, then. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. Sorry, uh, let's cut into this uh, wooden uh, animated puppetry friend. All right, I'll excuse your ignorance on this time. I'm sorry. I'm very pro-dummy, man. So uh, what, what, what stuff would you, would you approve at this point? <sighs> I mean, I would want... I sort of want the dad to come back in a certain way. Like, I don't know if R.L. Stein's... I, I'm not a big Goosebumps fan. I've read maybe, like, 20 pages of one book back in, you know, elementary school. I didn't watch a TV show or anything. But I, did he ever write something where it was, like, a uh, ghost coming back? Or, could there be some type of closure with the dad and the mom? With I'm the son? Sh- I'm, sure they're, I'm sure they could come up with something. I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I don't think I would do that. Just because I do think that this kid needs to have experienced some kind of loss mm-hmm. in order for the story that happens at large to uh, occur. Because it, it helps. And I, that's one of the things I would change is that I, th- I want him to actually let go of Hannah. Like, he doesn't have to be the one to open the book. Mm-hmm. But I would rather that instead of the magic just fully sucks her in, you know, they have a kiss and they share a moment and he's like, okay, and like, let's go of her. I okay. think that would be a good thing to fix because he's he's already ex- he he hasn't actually accepted that his dad is gone, and this is kind of if we're using Hannah as the replacement, he's now accepted that people are going to come in and out of his life. Mm-hmm. Which the ending when he makes a new Hannah kind of ruins that lesson. Yeah, I, I mean, you want the audience to feel happy. You don't want to explain to your kids that, you know, Hannah died. Yeah, you know, we already this this. Dylan guy has already dealt with enough Hannah's leaving him in his life. And uh, but I think they still could have had a good ending where uh, where if Hannah doesn't come back and R.L. Stein still says, she'll always be here and here and here and here to keep the joke there. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Champ and Taylor walk up and they're like, hey, you ready to go? And he's like, yeah, I think I am. And then they walk off together and then R.L. Stein has his like final moment with the Invisible Boy. I think putting Hannah in was a mistake at the end. I I would have liked it not to be there. And if we do see him more grieving about the dad, because mm. the dad is very forgettable. Very. You know, or, sorry, <laughs> not forgettable. He's just like just tossed to the side. Yeah. yeah. You know. He's. Yeah. I, I. I really just want Michael Scott to come into this guy's. <laughs> I mean, it would have been great if Steve Carell just was in the picture frame <laughs> that he holds up and is like, "Dad, I miss you." <laughs> That, that could have turned it at least a little bit funny, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one uh, episode in The Office where he, Michael is recording himself talking to his future son, being like, I might not always be around, so I need to give you some tips. Like, <laughs> this is how you start a car. And that's what, that's yeah, what Zach that's what needs to be good. watching right now. <laughs> but uh, one big thing I would change is that I would take, make this take place over more time. Yes. Oh, my God. I hate it when movies take place over one night. And Which, I get it for this. Because, you know, it's like, oh, the dance of a blah, blah, blah. But, I, but they could have set up like, hey, we're going to have a winter formal in a couple months. Like, I think the way that I would do it, or at least that I would suggest to change it, is that he still gets there on the first day of school. Mm-hmm. And he still meets Hannah that first day. Uh, and then over the course of like, you know, a couple months, they grow a little friendship where they're like, you know, they just talk out the window to each other. Like, you know, they have classic they hands have, with string. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, and just show more of a relationship developing. And, you know, he gets to be better friends with Champ because by the end, 
Champ's like, here's my best friend, Zach. And it's like, you could have known each other for 24 hours. Like, less. Honestly, probably more like 12 hours at this point. Because I, I don't mind movies that take place over just a single day. But I mind when they're contrived to make you feel like these emotions naturally came out in just a day. Yeah. Because that's just not, that's not how things work. No, I, I completely agree. Like, there's, I mean, I'm not going to say Zach doesn't feel that, you know, passionate about Hannah, but it's more, yeah, you've known this girl for tw- a, a day. It's like the Disney trope, you know? It's like, oh, but I'm in love with you. It's like, yeah, yeah but you've known him for a day. Like, come on now. Because I think there's, there's be- if you want to still keep it at an hour 40, there's like a bunch of stuff you could cut. Like, you could cut the driving on uh, on the road that's two whole minutes mm-hmm. and just start with uh, inside the window, you see blinds open and you see Dylan, or not Dylan, his actor name, Zach and his mom walking up to the house, and you can still have the line, don't you think you could have been a vice principal somewhere else? But you see it from Hannah's perspective of them moving in, then you cut to them moving in, and he discovers Hannah within two minutes. Mm -hmm. And then their friendship develops over, like, the next 10, 15 minutes, along with Champ, and Champ can still be a part of their friendship, too. Yeah, no, I I like that a lot. And he could always be like, hey, Hannah, where's a... Where, can you get me another girl, please? You know? Mm. Blah, and yeah, blah, blah. and then over that time, like, she's still being secretive, and then that could be, like, one of the breaking points where Zach's like, listen, we've been doing this for, like, a little while. Like, you could, you know, show me something. And then he, she takes him to his, like, her secluded place in the woods with the amusement park. It's like, all right, I've never shown anyone this, but because we're so close. Because it, it seems weird that she's showing him this after a day. Yeah, but I guess she's so trapped in mm-hmm. her own, and, like, she's a homeschooled girl. She doesn't really have a lot of interaction with anyone else. And that's her only time to be alone. And, you know, she wants to show her new friend, all yeah. this stuff. I get it. But yeah, I agree. It's like pretty, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But also, and then, but that also, that's mostly just the first act that I want to take place over that. Uh-huh. And the rest of it can take place over the course of one day because if all these monsters are getting out. Of course, they're going to take place over one day. Yeah. It's not like they're going to, you know, for, uh, make a huge grand plan to try and, like, you know, yeah. overthrow the government. And basically, and then also over time, Zach's seen from his window that, like, uh, Hannah and her dad yell and, you know, do all that stuff. Yeah. Which would give more credence to him calling the police. And then at some point, you know, that accident happens or whatever that, you know, they knock a lamp over or something. When uh, then he'll call the police. All the same stuff can happen, just edit it a little bit differently so that it feels like more time has passed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, from there, I think when we get to the monsters, shorten those monster sequences. Yeah, it is just, like, the monster of this... What Next scene is, like, oh, here's a new monster. All right, next scene, here's a new monster. And, like, oh, how are they going to get out of this one? And, oh, Ant got frozen, and blah, they don't, blah, blah. Because, yeah, those things don't build to anything. They're just kind of time fillers. Like, again, cool adventures in the middle, but they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. So if they cut down on, like, a few minutes of each of those, and then they added more time to either the beginning, where they show more of the relationships, or they add more, like, creatures, or even better, like, they put more creatures in the scenes. So the werewolf scene could last just as long, but the werewolf then is paired with, uh, I don't know, like, the, the haunted mask, the thing that, like, takes control of people. Yeah. And it's, like, taking control of, like, the grocery store manager or whatever. Ooh, okay. Or even his aunt at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they have to, like, fight off more and, like... Because the Abominable Snowman's one thing, and then you see an army of lawn gnomes, and then you see two monsters from the stories, like, working together. Right. That's, like, MCU crossover stuff right there. Because then that also builds you up to the final battle, because 
by that point you're seeing just individual fights Mm -hmm. with uh, creatures that he's created but then if like the ghouls come out of the ground at the same time as like the vampire bats descend from the sky and like the blob shows up out of nowhere that's like oh my god there's three now and you build to that final army battle okay I I like that I mess with that because yeah that's that's really the only thing I would do is just build up things more instead of like actually changing plot elements yeah because I think those are good I think Hannah being a creation of the books of R.L. Stein is good I one thing I sort of want to tackle is a opening scene very just generic very just like oh yeah. country road yeah which I, is why I would want to change it so that she's watching them from the window what I'm what I'm thinking is like we I want to see Arl Stein sort of like do something with the books where he's like maybe talking to Flappy for the last time he's like yeah I'll open you soon and then he doesn't or like have some something more to hype us up for the beginning and then we can cut to that opening of the country road I w- like some some like in, like almost like a horror movie like where there's like an intro scene that like shows you the danger or the mm-hmm. horror beforehand but without showing you too much yeah just like getting a little taste of what we're getting into because say I'm flicking around on you know the satellites and I just come across this film and I'm like oh okay it's a country road sign and oh this is probably just like a nice little family film and then I watch more yeah. I'm like oh no this is a this is a Halloween a, horror a, movie a goosebumps oh the goosebumps because yeah that would have that would have been better as if they did do that because they could even be like in the dark mm-hmm. and you just hear like the sloppy voice being like no papa you told me you'd let me stay out this time I was I I've been so lonely for so long. And then you just hear, like, the <laughs> as it, like, returns to the book or something. Yeah. So, I was, yeah, I, I agree. I think that would be good. But I do also want to cut the country road and cut, like, probably cut the aunt character. Because she's fun. Yeah. But she takes up time. And she doesn't add much to it. Besides, you know, saving them from Teen Wolf and going on a Teen date Wolf. with, or going on dates with Arl Stein after, yeah, it's not. Which also means that R.L. Stein would become his uh, step-uncle, which would make Hannah his step-cousin. Hey, man, that, that idea is just giving me goosebumps and an idea for Goosebumps 2. Oh, no. <laughs> goosebumps <laughs> 2, Incest Nation. Oh, God. I uh, wrote a new book. <laughs> <laughs> the truly horrifying <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, I... You to that, yeah, Stephen I, King. <laughs> Yeah, I think the most of the stuff is just cutting out the filler and adding more character, uh, amplifying, like, the cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I would keep the cops. <laughs> I love the cops. They're so funny. No, I get it, but it's just like, uh, man, they, they, there's such just, like, one or two jokes. I'm just like, ugh, they didn't, that was unnecessary. Yeah, but I, I These are children a, jokes. I do give it a pass, though, because, uh, because it, it really it is mostly harmless, mm-hmm. and, the, the comedic timing between the two of them is impeccable. Yeah. Like, I, if they had, like, if they had just, like, 30 minutes of them doing, just improving and riffing, I bet it'd be great. You know, I wouldn't be completely surprised if most of their stuff was improved. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I think that's good. But other than that, I don't really have too much else to fix with the movie. Just, like you said, make it a little scarier at the beginning. Uh, adjust the first act so that you still have the same stuff happen, but takes place over more time. Shorten, like, the sequence with, like, the Abominable Snowman and the werewolf. Yep, my and, boy George. Uh, the, the lawn gnomes. But then when they get to the grocery store and they have the werewolf battle, add 
add another character. You know, another thing that could make it fun. Yep. Well, is there anything else you want? Uh, oh, and also, don't bring Hannah back at the end. Yeah, yep. Let, Seconded. Let Zach let her go. He learns his lesson. Don't let her come back. Yep. Um, oh, my God. I'm forgetting the biggest problem with this. We've got to change the girl's name. I just feel so bad for her. That's right. Yeah. Hannah is just not a good name. He's lost too many Hannahs already. Oh, no, I was talking about Taylor. Why would we change Taylor's name? It's perfect. She uh, has the perfect name for a girl. I just feel so bad for her, man. Like, you know, it's going to help with her self-esteem. She's not going to be as confident in herself. Like, And it's just totally unrealistic to think that a girl's name would be Taylor. Like, it just really took me out of the movie. Dear listeners, take out your phones. Dial 69836752. Text A if you think that Taylor is a girl's name. Text B if you think Taylor is a girl's name because that is correct. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think we need to go with something more, you know. I yeah. think we need to name... What, what do you think she... Who do, what do you think she is? Or should we just name her Halston Sage? No. And just not pretend like she's a different actor? I think we gotta... It's gotta be more, you know, on a girl's side. Like, I, I don't know, like Sam, maybe? Samantha? I do agree that <laughs> Samantha is a pretty girly name. Uh, the, uh... <laughs> so, give it a spooky opening. I change the opening a little bit. Make it make t- last a little bit longer. And make the scenes with the monsters a little shorter. And give them uh, the later scenes more more villains to fight. Yeah, yeah it's a, same page. It's pretty pretty solid, I think. I, I would very much recommend the movie as is. But if there was some way to change it with our changes, I would recommend that. Yep. Uh, just as much. Yeah, me too. Completely agree. Um, all right. Do you have any uh, fun facts about this? Uh, I don't. Jack Black voices Slappy. That was fun to hear. I think Jack Black also voices the Invisible Boy too. Good job, Jack. Getting he's, that, he's, getting your, your getting paycheck. That paycheck. Honestly, let's talk about Jack Black for a second because he disappeared for a little while. Yeah. And his comeback, like, not as like you know one of those comeback stories where he wins an Oscar or anything, but does well in like family films or like does well just playing this caricature. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. No, me too. Um, he's doing well now. He's back on Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Um, the house with the clock in its walls. Ugh. You know, you gotta take a paycheck film here. Yeah, yeah. also, Strange Thing, directed by Eli Roth. The same oh, man who just what? made Death Wish and Cabin Fever. And In- Inferno? Green yeah, Inferno. Green Inferno. Like, all these crazy movies, and now he's making this family movie. Mm, that's what they want you to think. Oh, it's gonna be a hard R destruction. Like, the clocks are gonna scream for mercy. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. yep. yep, yep. Well, I think that's it for Goosebumps. Yep. Uh, that's all for me. Check out Goosebumps 2 in theaters this Friday. Yes. Um, and if you want to keep up with our latest content, please like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, iTunes. And we are now on Spotify also. Ooh, you can listen to us from everywhere. And if you listen on iTunes, please leave a review below. Five stars, and you can say whatever you want. You can even trash us, but as long as you get that five stars in there, that's all that really matters. All right. Well... Uh, Thanks again for listening, everyone, and, you know, I hope this podcast doesn't give you too many goosebumps. Oh, bye. (laughs) See you guys.